Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Today is our special guest day, where we will hear from a friend of the ministry who will share their insight and stories on truth in this chaotic world. And now your host, Richard Case. Good morning, Kathy, uh, and we are Good here, morning. Uh, here on uh, Guest uh, Thursday, and we have a very special guest uh, that I'd like to introduce, uh, Chris and Jacqueline Hoover, uh, out of uh, uh, the middle of California. What what town do you guys actually live in now? Yeah, hi. We're um, in Templeton, California, which is in San Luis Obispo County, kind of central coast of California. Yeah, San Luis Obispo. It's good to be here. Thanks, yeah. for, having yeah, thanks for having us. How, how far are you from the uh, ocean? About 20, 20 miles yeah. east, 25 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Does it get pretty hot where you guys are in the summer or wherever, whenever the hot season is? It does. Yeah. Yeah. It gets in the, probably have a week or two of 100 teens, you know, low teens. Really? Yeah. It gets warm. We're right in wine country and, you know, the grapevines mm -hmm. love that intense heat. Yeah. But then we're in a special spot where in the evening we get this beautiful breeze that comes through and cools it all down. So, nice. Oh, that's great. That that's yeah. beautiful. Well, Chris, Chris and Jacqueline, uh, Chris is the son of Rick and Nancy Hoover, uh, who we, we've had on. They're our worship uh, leaders here in Castle Rock. Um, and I got to meet uh, Chris and Jacqueline uh, many, many years ago as a young couple. And uh, they have a great story to share with us about how they've walked with God and experienced it and we you know it's a thrill to, to be able to share that with you guys today and uh, we'd love to maybe have you start why don't each of you uh, separately go ahead and share how did you first come to know Christ there you go sure um let's see what's funny I was remembering back and I can picture being very young probably young elementary school and I can remember sitting on my parents bed and uh, praying to accept Christ, you know, grew up in the church, going to Sunday school and in a believing home. And um, I think one, at least one of my younger brothers was, was there as well. And he was tiny and, you know, we had our little mini celebration. Um, so grew up in the church, um, always had a deep love for the Lord and just um, desire to, to follow the spirit and to, to hear from him. I think, um, you know, going through getting older, having a little more experience in life, hitting some rough patches, going a little bit wayward, uh, you know, not walking with the Lord as much in college and beyond. That was, that was tough. And I really felt that in my spirit because it wasn't, um, just wasn't who I was really, you know, in my, in my spirit. And so, um, it was, uh, a relief and grace of God to, reconnect with Chris, which, you know, we'll talk about later how we met, but we knew each other young and then reconnected and just having that reminder of who I was spiritually when we knew each other and really of who I am, who the Lord says I am, um, was wonderful. And to see, um, that leadership in him, and that's really a part of, you know, our, our story. And then I think as we grew together in marriage and learned to abide, um, 
that's when my depth of walking with the Lord really became, yeah. you know, to a whole new level. Yeah, yeah that's, that's cool. beautiful. Yeah. Chris, how about you? Yeah, a similar kind of story in the beginning, raised in a, a Christian home. Uh, and I, I also remember being, I, I'm pretty sure I was six years old, being on my parents' bed. And playing, <laughs> I don't know what it is about the parents' bed. It's comfortable. And, <laughs> uh, it's where all and, the good conversations happen, right? Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Back then, that was the place to be. So <laughs> remember uh, understanding, you know, that I was a sinner and that I, I couldn't be saved and any anything I could do and that that what Christ had done for me and and that I needed to accept him you know and that's why we're here is to have a relationship with Christ so at a very young age kind of understood that and the basics and and believed I was saved you know from then uh, forward and had a um, pretty pretty heavy involvement in the church having grown up you know with my parents being worship leaders in the church and was involved with youth group and all that and, and Christian groups through college and, and everything, but um, didn't really have the uh, abiding relationship that I think we'll get a little bit more into um, for most of my life growing up. You know, I would have what I guess in Christian circles, we have uh, mountaintop experiences going to the camp or certain church services and then uh, valleys where you feel like you're not hearing from the Lord and, and you feel like, well, I don't really know how this works. It just sometimes it it's great. And sometimes it's not, <laughs> um, but always believe, you know, that God was, was there and in my heart and, and that, uh, yeah, Nate. always felt like there was, was more to it though. Yeah. For a long time. So you both were believers. Where did the... Go ahead. Kathy. I was just going to say, where did the two of you grow up? Well, uh, we were both born in in California. Sorry. Okay. And I was uh, 12 years old when my family moved to Colorado in okay. Castle Rock, actually. Um, yeah. And then my family moved to Castle Rock just independently. I just decided to move there. We ended up in Castle Rock when I was about 13. So we oh, our wow. families met at church, you know, and it's similar. They had four kids. We had four kids. And um, we were all, we were from California and here we were in this little Castle Rock town and, and <laughs> <at> youth group. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about that. How did you, uh, how did you guys meet and what, what uh, led you to uh, be attracted to each other and then wind up getting married? Yeah. Met at church. I remember her family would show up early for Saturday night service. We had back then a Saturday <laughs> night and then also of course the Sunday services, but Saturday night, her family would show up early uh, with their their big van because uh, one of Jacqueline's <laughs> brothers uh, was in a wheelchair yeah. and so they had the conversion van to get him in and out of and and I would I remember waiting around and waiting when I'd see the van come down the road <laughs> oh here comes Jacqueline um, I think standing outside the church waiting for us <laughs> yeah uh, we we just kind of hit it off as friends yeah. and definitely you know, we were pretty young, but had an attraction to each other and just enjoyed spending time together and youth mm -hmm. group and church and didn't do a lot of stuff outside of church and youth group, but our families would get together sometimes, you know, for meals. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, we call each other special friends now, looking back, at it, <laughs> we, we weren't really dating at the time, but we did then go into high school together uh -huh. and spent a lot of time, you know, did you go, there. did you, did you go to uh, Castle Rock High School? Yeah, Douglas County High School in, yep. in Castle Rock. Yeah, yeah, we were Huskies. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. We eat lunch together every day, and we just had a really sweet relationship. Um, yep. I would come back to California during the summers for about six weeks to be with my biological dad and stepmom, and 
um, we would write letters to each other back and forth in the mails before email or text or anything like that. <laughs> so we would write letters to keep in touch. And um, yeah, it was very sweet, sweet time. So you guys didn't date in high school at all? Not, no, not technically. Okay. We were, we were young friendship. and then, yeah, halfway yeah. through high school, my family ended up moving back to California. So okay. at that point we lost touch. Um, our families would send Christmas cards, I think, and, you know, keep in touch a little bit, but it wasn't until after college, Chris um, moved back out to California. Yeah, and, so our, our yeah. families had kept in touch to some extent so when I moved out to California after graduating from uh, University of Colorado um, my dad I've in California so they invited me over and I and I you know heading over there thinking well I wonder if Jacqueline's going to be there I don't know does she live with her parents probably not at this point I, maybe she'll be there maybe she won't but I was kind of nervous to see her after it had been seven years I think since yeah. we'd wow. seen her wow. and sure enough Jacqueline was there uh you know for the lunch and um we just had a great time reconnecting and it mm -hmm. was it was really cool just um very quickly remembering all these things that we shared in common and the ways we felt about each other and so we were um she was giving me the tour of her parents house and I think we ended up on her parents balcony kind of they had a beautiful view overlooking the the rose bowl in southern california oh yeah Pasadena. and we oh, talked wow. for like an hour up there probably about an hour and then realized we were you know <laughs> holding everybody up for lunch and we should get down. back to the <laughs> now chris said you you had graduated uh why did you wind up going back to california for yeah so graduated uh I, I studied architecture yeah university of colorado and um when i graduated before i got a a real job. I wanted to play. I play music. I play drums, and I'd always been in a worship team and, and little bands here and there. And was playing with a, a band that I thought was pretty good, and uh, they wanted to try to to make it out in Los Angeles. So, oh wow! All right, let's go. We <laughs> moved out um, and lived in Long Beach. Me and a friend uh, got a place and lived there, and um, tried to do the. and I had a, a real job by then so I stayed out here and <laughs> was dating Jacqueline at the time all so. right so you met uh, at our parents house you started dating um, what uh, how long did you date before you got engaged and married not long what was it yeah I mean there was a little bit of of lag time before we were really dating um, it was a bit of a spiritual battle to be honest for for my life i think and for for my life to get back on track with the lord and so um there was some time there where it was very push pull and um looking back and you know, we talk about it and just how bold and courageous chris was i mean the spirit was really strong in him at that point to persist and not give up on me and um and to really pursue me big yeah. time and i think that was you know the lord pursuing me too so um by the time we finally, you know, got around to it and we're actually dating, um, I mean, I think it was just over a year after meeting again at my parents' house, just a year later, a year and a couple of months, we were married. Hmm. So, so yeah. can you talk about that a little bit? The, so Chris, I'm assuming you really had a heart to date her and had to pursue her some in that. How did that transpire? 
Yeah, yeah, I did. That first uh, meet, re-meet when I was at her family's house, got her phone number, and I think pretty quickly reached out. And um, I, I don't know exactly, but it took a while to actually get together. And she was yeah. a little wishy-washy. And like she said, there was kind yeah. of more more behind the scenes going on with mm-hmm. her heart and and figuring out was she going to kind of go down this path because I think we were both at a point where we didn't we weren't interested in just dating we were we knew right. if we got together it was probably going to be pretty serious yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, but did pursue her and mm-hmm. uh, eventually you know went on some dates and pretty quickly we I think we talked about marriage and children pretty quickly very quickly yeah (laughs) I remember driving down the freeway and we were saying all right if we're gonna do this if we're gonna date we're probably just gonna get married because I know you and you know me (laughs) we know generally where we want to be you know we're looking in the same direction and with the Lord and how many kids do you want and um (laughs) it was like okay so it was a little bit funny at that point because we were dating but we knew we would get married so I feel like we were engaged within three or four months after that conversation. Wow. And then married, you know, I think engagement was like a six month engagement. Yeah. And our parents were, were celebrating. They they all feel like they had planned this from the time we were 12 (laughs) or 13 years old. They they saw it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, What year was that you got married? 2005. Five. Okay. That's great. And, um, uh, so what what kind of tell us a little bit about your career? I know you've been in architecture, uh, worked for the Irvine company, but uh, you've moved on to something new, brand new in, in uh, uh, the mid mid uh, state California. Tell us a little bit about Irvine company and then your move up to this new job. Sure. Yeah. So, um, well, I, I started an architecture firm and was actually there 10 years before going to the Irvine company, but did a lot of work for the Irvine company, mostly multifamily residential um, architecture work and enjoyed that. But at the, the firm I was at, and I think this is kind of just the, the culture of architecture, especially in Southern California, it's uh, long hours and weekends and just a lot of time away from the yeah. family yeah. and um, was really struggling with that. And um this opportunity came up to go to work for the Irvine company where instead of being the consultant, you're the client, the representing the owner. And so the way I described it to people was I went from meeting the deadlines to setting the deadlines. And that was enjoyable for me. <laughs> I enjoyed that and had, had a lot of fun working on some really great um, projects there for, I would say five years, mm-hmm. almost six years. Um, I was there. Um, and we had always talked about, you know, where would we want to live if we weren't in Southern California? We were never, uh, we never really felt like we were supposed to raise kids in, in Orange County, um, just kind of something we felt strongly yeah. about. And yeah. so where would we move? And we talked about Colorado because we have family there, but we would always talk about the Central Coast. Jacqueline has family here. Her grandparents um, live just used to live just south of here. They've both passed away, but we would come up and visit and just always loved the area. So thought maybe down the road, maybe we'll be able to retire there. But yeah. an opportunity came up uh, just a little over a year ago with um, Jacqueline's aunt and uncle um, who own a, a development company in San Luis Obispo and um, basically called me out of the blue and said, her uncle and said, 
Uh, I've been praying about what retirement looks like for, for the last year strongly, probably uh, really for the last few years, but intensely for the last year. And, and you are, have been on my heart and uh, uh, I knew I needed to call you. And would you consider coming up here and learning what, what I know and bringing the skills that you already have and, and kind of starting to learn to run this business? And wow. so we immediately, I was like, well, we've never talked to you about this, but Jacqueline and I have, have, that's been a desire of our heart mm -hmm. to move there. And we've literally spoken about maybe one day we'll, we'll sit down with your aunt and uncle and learn how did they do it? Because they moved 20 years ago <laughs> at our age, basically yeah. from Orange County. He worked in building just right around the corner from where I was at Irvine company, right on fashion mm. Island circle wow. there. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so we said, well, let's see how they did it. One day, maybe we'll be able to do that. <laughs> and so he calls that's and says, great. you want to learn what we do? Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. That's fantastic. Yeah, we'll, we'll come up and see what you do and see if we're, we're ready for it. So mm -hmm. yeah, we came up a few times and met with them and, and toured all the properties that they had developed and managed and, um, just again, fell in love with the area and uh, yeah, decided to make the move. So I think April 1st will be one year since I started working there. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's great. That's great. And you, uh, I know you bought a house. Have you, have you had to do any uh, updating of the house or is it, was it already set for you? We did a little bit. We we painted uh, and we need to do some more. Our, our master bathroom is is ready for sure. That's right. So that's in the works. Great. <laughs> but it's beautiful. There's a beautiful pool which we didn't even it wasn't right. even on our list. It's just a surprise and wonderful having kids and being able to invite friends and family over to use it and especially those hot weeks in the summer. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> it's nice I to bet. have. It's beautiful. We had no idea even about Templeton, the city, but here we are. And looking back, I think, man, I'm just so glad that God was in it and he knew yes. of the city because we didn't know what we were doing. And the housing market was so competitive and intense. We drove up here every single weekend for five weeks, having to look at homes and the rush, rush situation and just trusting God. And if, if we felt like it was a no, we weren't going to make an offer and right. you know, he's going to find us the right thing. And he did. So yeah. Yeah, and we, we could tell right when we walked into this home that the previous owners or the, the current owners at the time, we yeah. could tell they were believers just by some of mm -hmm. the decor. And, mm -hmm. and so started praying about it and wrote a pretty strong letter to them and later got to know them. They're a great couple and mm -hmm. had gone to the church where we're now going. And uh, they said, your letter made the difference. We, we wanted this to go to, you know, a family who was going to live here, a Christian family and um, read your letter and just knew that you guys were, yeah. your offer wasn't the, the biggest offer and, and all of that, but we, you know, the Lord was in it. So yeah. Amen. Oh, that's great. That's great. Great that God had you write that. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. Kathy, they have a pool that would be uh, worthy of a resort. You, you would consider it uh, if you went to a resort, it would be there. That's their pool. Uh, it's nice. Really, it's really <laughs> uh, well, one thing is, you know, that's you've so learned fun. abiding um, and uh, how to walk with God and, and walk in the spirit, be led by the spirit. Um, they have a, a great story. We'd love for you to share about, um, you know, how, how you did abide through and receive uh, the issue of adoption and uh, it, it uh, as we've talked about, Kathy, that in the world you're going to have uh, struggles, um, 
and but it, at the same time, God's going to provide the covenant. So, sure, walk with us through uh, both of you, if you will. Should walk walk us through your uh, process of all the things that you went through to wind up now with the two uh, beautiful children you have. So, uh, help us walk through that, and we'd love to hear that story. Can I start? <laughs> yeah. Well, of... that first conversation in the car driving down the freeway, we both decided, you know, we probably want three or four kids and we were just going to wait and be married maybe a couple years. And we wanted to be young parents and just get started and just, yep. you know, kind of do what our, our parents did. Um, uh, that was, that was the dream. That was the life. And um, so we'd been married a couple years and then decided, well, let's, you know, get ready for kids and start trying to have kids. And two years after that, after trying and not being successful, that's when we found Living Waters and went to our first retreat. And and we were pretty, um, you know, pretty down about it thinking, gosh, you know, is this going to be for us? Is it not? And yeah, my parents, Rick mm -hmm. and Nancy had been uh, leading worship for your retreats, Rick. Yeah. And so yeah. they had been telling us about this amazing, you know, group of people they'd met and these retreats and we're, yeah, yeah, we've been on retreats. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. camps yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Right. We had no idea what it was. And yeah. well, you guys want to come out to this marriage retreat? I don't know. And well, there's this spot <laughs> open. And so we ended up coming and totally different than what we expected and yeah. life changing yeah. for sure. Yeah. Life changing. <laughs> and we received our first promise that um that god was going to give us you know peace which was for me personally that was a big promise for me and that he was gonna multiply us and increase our numbers and it was like hey there it is you know he promised you're gonna have a family and so we really clung to that and and i guess at that point you figure okay so then you know probably very shortly we'll be pregnant right, right, right. And, um, <laughs> this is gonna happen quickly 10 years yeah. ago um we just figured <laughs> out and uh and honestly, adoption was not um, something that I wanted. I, you know, I came from a, a broken family and, you know, nothing real dramatic, crazy. I feel like, you know, divorce and remarriage is pretty common these years. So it's just, it was just that sort of thing. And I just, um, I just didn't want that. I felt like adoption would sort of just um, keep this pattern of you know sort of brokenness going and i didn't want that i think as we try to heal ourselves sometimes from from what was mm. was broken when we were young we try to um to make it the way we want it to be and i thought well no i want us to have kids because that's the more whole way and we're going to stay together and it's yeah. going to be whole and healing and good and um, so I really didn't want it. There was nothing against adoption. I thought that, you know, that's beautiful, but um, for me, I don't want it. And, um, and we had had that conversation on and off and Chris didn't really, he, that wasn't his heart exactly, but, um, but we just kind of said, well, okay, well, that's what it is now. And we just believed that um, we were going to get pregnant and have kids naturally. And, um, you know, and just in the abiding process of that, we held on to the promise and we really looked forward and we said, okay, we are going to have a family. Um, but we just didn't really explore adoption, honestly, for a while. We would talk about it sometimes. What do you think about this today? And the other person say, all right, I'm willing to look online and we'd start to research. And then one of us would end up crying and we'd close the computer and walk <laughs> away and say, okay, we're not ready. This isn't, yeah. <laughs> this isn't the time. We would do it back and forth and it took us well there's also the thought of not wanting to uh to make god's 
promise come true. Like we're going to, we're going to will this to happen. Didn't want to control it. So God's going to do this. We don't need to do anything about it. Are we forcing it? If we even, you know, start going down that road, he needs to be very clear if that's Mm. the path for us. Mm. And to that point, it wasn't specific and and clear to, uh, to those details. So, yeah. Yeah. But then my heart would get into it and, and say, I think we're supposed to look into it. And then she wouldn't be ready and then sometimes vice versa a couple of times Jacqueline said maybe we should look into it and I didn't feel <laughs> like it so we went yeah. for years yeah so. it was it was eight years of of that and just abiding and um I mean of course God was doing so much work in yeah. each of us yeah. um yeah. we realized now it was sort of just that experience of being out in the wilderness with the Lord being trained by him being healed by him being prepared by him for mm-hmm what was to come with the children he was going to give us. But at the time, you know, it felt a little more desolate (laughs) than that sometimes. And, Mm -hmm. and just painful to watch everybody. I mean, we were in our early to mid twenties and to watch everybody we knew get married and have kids and be on their second kids. And, you know, we're still like hanging out, you know, (laughs) just waiting and wondering what was coming and when. So yeah, it was eight years and it was one of the most beautiful experiences we've ever had. Um, being in a church service before Christmas and worshiping and the way that the worship leader put a couple songs together, um, joy to the world and, um, Phil Wickham's amazing grace. This is amazing grace. There's a verse in the song that talks about, um, you know, God being the King and he brings together the orphans to be your son and daughter. Yes. Yeah. and my heart just mm-hmm. leapt during that part. And I thought, I remember thinking and saying, saying they could be my son and daughter. Yeah. And, wow. and I didn't know, we didn't realize until after the service, we talked and we, we said, we both had that same experience. Yeah, we had the same uh, experience. I think I brought oh, up that's beautiful. me too. <laughs> said, I think we're ready. We're ready. God, God uh, had been working on us. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of other things we were working through yeah. until yeah. that point. And then, you know, he said, you guys are ready. Well, and I love what you've just described there is the beauty of how he uses unity um, through the Holy Spirit to actually then orchestrate his timing in things. You know, just Mm -hmm. the fact that you weren't in unity and you said, you know, one of you was ready and the other wasn't, and then the other was ready and the other was not ready for it. But that beauty that he is preparing, you're still seeking, you're holding the promise the whole time and waiting for him to deliver. But then when he brings the unity, he commands the blessing and then we go forward. Yes. Right. Yes. That was the experience. Yeah. Wow. That's Absolutely. cool. That's beautiful. Yep. So yeah. then, then what happened after that? Well, we, we decided to do some research and mm-hmm. said, well, there's lots of different avenues of adoption. Uh, when we check out this, there was like a info night, mm-hmm. a couple of things that we did and learned about private adoption and international adoption and Uh, adoption through foster care and at first we thought we'll probably go the private adoption route and found an agency local to southern california that um, advertised that they did that but also um, did foster care and and adoption through foster care and so um, went and started taking classes through them am i getting the details okay yeah jump in yeah (laughs) jacqueline's memory is much better than mine but we started taking classes and quickly uh, both started to through our our growing knowledge of the foster care system um started to 
have a heart for these kids that were already, um, you know, without a family or without parents and, um, realized that we both felt like instead of the private adoption, at least for this first one, we would like to do a foster care situation that could potentially go to adoption. But with foster care, uh, you don't know that for sure. When you, when you say yes to a placement, um, there's many unknowns. One of course is where it's going to end up. Is this child going to be reunified with their biological parents or, or one of them, or possibly be um, reunified with a different relative who can, you know, show up at any point, or will you be able to adopt? And so, um, you know, we trusted God that he, he would control the situation and um, that we would do this foster care thing, <laughs> try it out. So yeah. you want to talk about, well, I think siblings too, that was one of the yeah. big uh, turning points for us as we were learning about how many siblings are um, uh, separated and displaced right. and they're removed from their homes. And we just couldn't picture that because we each have many younger siblings. And, you know, that was just that's part of who we are is and we're both oldest children of all the siblings and think, Oh no, you <laughs> can't, can't separate us. So, mm-hmm. um, our hearts just really broke over that. And we thought, well, then there's a potential for sibling set and why not make up for some lost time? I mean, you know, we've been waiting to have kids. And so anyway, we decided to go, uh, foster adopt, which really is more risky. And I guess when people come from infertility, they usually don't go the foster adopt route, <laughs> which we right. kind of learned. Oh yeah. It's much more risky, potentially painful. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, you have to kind of be ready to stick in there. So, so we went through all the classes. I think it was, uh, six months of classes and training and CPR certification and our house had to be, um, in order. I think there was a 72 point checklist we had to go through and get our house in order and (laughs) ready. Um, you know, we had to have people write letters for us and, um, huge inventory papers that we had to fill out. The first time it came in the mail, I looked at it and was so overwhelmed. I pushed it away on the counter and just started eating candy and just said, I can't do this. This is too much. (laughs) And Chris had to talk me off a ledge about a week later and say, we can do this. We can do this. You know, so we got through it and, you know, and part of that was, just still the work that the Lord was doing too. And making, when you go through infertility or maybe um, long seasons of unemployment or something like that, just feeling like you are not um, worthy and you are not capable and um, you are not chosen for these blessings or these things mm-hmm. that really hits some trigger points. And so, um, you know, Chris was great to remind me of the truth. You know, this isn't about you. Oh, that's good. Has called us to this and, we've been chosen for this already and we just need to keep going forward. And, um, so we did, but yeah, thank God for abiding at that point because yeah. it was, it was the thick mud right. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. through that stuff. But, you know, again, just what these kids have to go through too. You just, you know, like, Hey, we can be the adults and we can do it. We can right. get it done. So yeah, it was about six months of all of that. And then we were certified and then we hit our 10 year wedding anniversary and we decided, Hey, we're certified. We're probably going to have a placement soon. We went to Hawaii. We had a great time. We had our baby moon <laughs> and uh, had a great vacation there celebrating uh, marriage. And, and then 
about five or six months after that, we uh, got a call about a six month old. We'd had some emails and calls about other kids situations. And um, that's no light thing to be introduced to someone's pain and trauma of this family of the kids and what's going on with them. And you feel like, gosh, you know, should I, should we say yes? Should we bring them in? Because we can, but you know, we had to be very prayerful and careful about that too. You know, logistically, is this something that we can actually handle and, you know, be driving miles and miles every week doing visits and yeah. you know sometimes the situations were a little bit dangerous and and the visitations and i if i had to go by myself we had to think well maybe that's not going to work so right. we had to say no sometimes and that was that was hard to do as well yeah, that was hard yeah yeah but we got a call about this six month old little boy um who needed a home and um, it, the first call we got, they said it, it looks like it could go to adoption because of X, Y, Z. And, um, and so we said, yeah, and we were excited. And, and then we got a call a couple minutes later and they said, oh, well, actually it seems like maybe there's some extended family members who are in the process of being fingerprinted and vetted. And so he may only be with you for a week or two. Are you still interested? He needs a home to Today. Like, tonight. Yeah. He needs a place to stay. Wow. <laughs> and I mean, shock of all shocks to us, we said yes, because that was not, <laughs> Yeah, we're like, it's not really what we signed up for, but, but for some reason we both, we both decided that yes, we wanted to. We were supposed to say yes. Yeah. We didn't really know why, but yeah. said yes. Beautiful little six month old boy showed up yeah. a few hours later and we're asking the, the woman who dropped him off, the social worker, you know, how much does he eat? When does he eat? You know, what are the details? I don't know. I just um, dropped him off. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not even his social worker. I'm just bringing him to you. I don't really know the details. Yeah, she said, I don't even wow. know what color his eyes are. He's been sleeping the whole time. <laughs> okay. Wow. So you have to figure it out pretty quickly. Yeah. And we did. And he was wonderful. Yeah. He was um, super happy little little boy. I mean, you never know what kind of trauma kids may have come from and your training tells you all of the scenarios that they could be coming from. And so you're prepared yep. mentally, but maybe not emotionally, yep. <laughs> but he was uh, just beautiful and happy mm -hmm. and we immediately fell in love with him. And, and then the next day you're thinking, Oh, I can't even imagine in a week or two already, you know, letting him go. <laughs> It was our son already. Yeah. Was, yeah. Wow. There was something about him. We were just, just wrecked. I mean, I remember just watching him nap and I was just, just bawling. I was just Aww. so attached. And, um, and Chris said, you know, we, we might have to, you know, we might not be staying very long. You better be careful. And I was like, I can't, it's gone. It's yeah, done. It. You know, yeah. I'm wrecked. And, um, and so what was amazing about that is that, when was it? How long? Like a week later, they said, Oh yeah. no, this family, it fell through. They're not going to take him. So he gets to stay with you. I said, wow, that's great. Um, and there were visits with biological mom and those were going uh, fine and we would monitor them. And um, I don't know, things took a turn pretty quickly. I don't yeah. remember what happened. Yeah. How, think, how uh, long, how long did you, uh, he stayed with you? How, how long? So total time was 19 months. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And throughout that period, there would there would be things that would come up where they said, we're gonna, we're gonna relocate him. And there were a couple of times where they told Jacqueline, we're gonna pick him up like tomorrow, tomorrow and move him. 
Um, and we would get on our knees and pray, God, is that your will? Or are we supposed to fight this? They'd fight it. And mm -hmm. three times uh, basically stopped them from taking them away, which is unheard of. Um, yeah. All these children have a um, court appointed uh, attorney and that his attorney was great. And she would tell us, I've never seen this happen before. When they said, say they're moving them, and they moved them. <laughs> they found ways to prevent that because our heart was, even if he is reunified with his biological parents or one of the parents, um, why would it be the, in the child's best interest to move him around multiple times until that point? Right. Um, now that he's settled with us, mm -hmm. calling us mom and dada, you know, what, what kind of trauma is that going to cause? And so mm -hmm. God was faithful to keep him with us for those 19 months. But in the end, uh, the court decided, the state decided to reunify him with his biological mom. Mm -hmm. And that was obviously tough for us. I think the hardest thing we've oh, ever gone through. Yeah. Um, we, devastating. we flew him out of state. Um, biological mom had moved her job and we flew him out of state so that he didn't have to travel with somebody he didn't know to take him there and uh and basically left him <laughs> and, uh yeah. had to leave him out of state and come home and mm -hmm. yeah we were devastated um felt like god your your promises uh were were wrong what what happened you told us we were going to have kids we thought yeah. this was it you've done all these miracles to how keep can we trust you with us and you know we feel like testing. we've been faithful yeah it was it was a really yeah. I can remember. I remember. Time. Remember when you had to go through, uh, you know, Kathy, in a sense, the ultimate test of surrender. That is mm -hmm. the promise actually valid, and God did reiterate it. Yes. Well, yeah. how how come? <laughs> you know, it's like right. it's like it's like David yeah. when he was being told king, and he's in a cave saying, "Hey, what happened? <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. How did this work?" So, uh, but they they worked through it, right. um, and uh, it was. Uh, you know, Gethsemane for them. Uh, they had to surrender will and go back, you know, what do you have to say? And uh, and then I know that your next opportunity was actually um, a woman that was purposely going to hand over a baby. Uh, She's going to actually birth it and then and then give yep. it to you. So you kind of thought, well, that's going to be it. Um, and uh, tell us just kind of. I wasn't uh... on that. <laughs> Yeah, one of our, our friends who was kind of walking with us at that time, we were telling the story and he was laughing at us because the way we would tell it, you know, he said, well, Chris is like in line for the ride at the fair and he's ready to go. And Jacqueline, you're out in the parking lot being like, yeah, we'll see. You know, I'm not even going to go in. <laughs> After what happened at the first time. <laughs> and I yeah. thought, yeah, right. that's, so that's much heartbreak. True. Yeah. Yeah, because um, especially with this private adoption thing, one thing we knew was that there was always the possibility that you could go all the way to birth and then yep. they would change their mind. Yep. So I thought, I'm not getting all invested in that until I see this baby yeah. here and the papers are signed, you know, call me then, I'll be over here doing whatever I'm doing. So, um, but we did, we were ultimately uh, chosen by this young woman to... Uh, receive and parent her baby if that's what she chose after giving birth and we were you know at the top of her list but we just kind of had to wait and so we knew when her due date was and then we got the phone call okay she's in the hospital okay she's had the baby okay now she's having second thoughts she's really not sure and actually even leading up to birth she was not sure um she was yeah, becoming a little more uncertain she and was so questioning. we thought okay 
Um, and actually she had a great, you know, family situation, potential support. And so we thought, Hey, if they can all rally around and she can decide, then that would be great. I think the baby would do really well. They would all do well. Um, and so it was kind of not until she had given birth and it was in the final, you know, days where it was like, well, she's going to have to choose soon. And I said, fine, fine. I'll clean up the nursery just in case, because I had not touched it since our son was reunified. Um, uh, so I thought, okay, okay, I'll clean it up just in case. And uh, we knew that she was having a girl, which was something that I felt a little more comfortable with because just having lost a son, I thought I need a new experience, you know? And so we had said yes to this baby girl. So I even put out a little pink blanket and I thought, okay, now I've done my part and we'll see. And at least it's clean. <laughs> um, and then I, we got the call that, um, that she had decided to parent the baby. And so wow. we thought, okay, good. You know, it was like, I was relieved at that point. It was two days before Thanksgiving. We we're trying to make plans even for Thanksgiving. We're like, well, we don't know family because we may have a baby here or we may not. And, <laughs> um, so we thought, okay, good. And just felt relief for her that she had made that decision and that right. she could rest and we could rest. And that was a good, good thing. We could celebrate with her that she's parenting the baby. Yeah. And I kind of thought, oh man, well, I did clean up the nursery, you know, <laughs> there all that work, whatever. Um, <laughs> and then an hour later, I got a call again from our social worker and I thought maybe she misdialed because I thought, well, we just talked and this was a pretty big conversation we had. And she said, okay, I don't mean to, I hope this doesn't come off as insensitive due to the timing of our last conversation, but just wanted you to know that there's twins in the NICU who are ready to be discharged today and they need an adoptive family. And are you interested? Wow. And I said, I'm pretty sure that's a yes, but let me call Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and I called him back. And he also thought, why is she calling me again? Like, did, did the gir girl change her mind? <laughs> the mom? Right, right, <laughs> I right, right. usually call him during work hours and, you know, <laughs> bother him unless it's important. Yeah. And I said, hey, there's some twins. What do you think? And he started laughing and he said, you mean we get a twofer? He said, tell her yes. And so at that point, um, when you're working with the counties, us saying yes doesn't mean it's a done deal. It right. means that we're throwing our name in the hat. And so okay. um, our profile was one of however many, several that were going to be reviewed by the county that day mm -hmm. to decide um, on placement. And so that was probably about one o'clock in the afternoon. I thought, well, if we're going to pick up twins, I'd better take a shower and I better get some <laughs> ironing done. I better get some things together here. Um, so I worked as hard as I could getting stuff done around the house and we didn't tell anybody. I mean, we just thought, you know, we'll see. We don't want to, it's a hard thing to sort of get people's emotions, you know, and to be monitoring others' emotions and expectations along with our own. So we just kind of kept it to ourselves for the most part and did what we needed to do. And about five, five or 6 PM, our social worker called again and she said, well, they chose you, you know, <laughs> they're yours to pick up. And uh, we decided that that night was too uh, too quickly, too quick, because we all had to come from different counties and the, the stacks of paperwork are just unbelievable. And so yeah, they told us wait till tomorrow. Yeah, so we did. And actually, at that point, they had told us it was twin girls. And so that's why it was extra funny, because we, you know, had, quote, unquote, lost the one baby girl, but now there's a potential of two. Um, but then we found out in a conversation that it was a boy and a girl. Yeah, we got thought, the information wow, you get. Okay in the foster care system from the counties is often inaccurate. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. 
That so, was a big one, man. Yeah, but we <laughs> were thrilled. Yeah, we yeah, great. But the cool, coolest thing was that God had prepared our hearts after that first 19 months and losing our son and, and feeling like at first we could never do this again. Mm-hmm. Then using that other situation to get us ready, that right. I think we can do this again and it would be adoption for sure then our hearts were prepared for this next call one hour later. And they told us that this situation, there were many factors that um, said that this was going to adoption. It's never a hundred percent, but if there ever was pretty much a sure deal through foster care, this was it it. um, Mm -hmm. given the situation. So I love even the spiritual preparation and the physical preparation. It sounds like, you know, (laughs) and how long, (laughs) how long um, after you got the the two kids and we, we were rejoicing uh, Kathy, because we, you know, uh, again, when you're not vested uh, directly uh, faith, faith, uh, can be no we believe you know we still believe stay in there um, uh, timing 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 and then they had it we were I can remember getting the phone call hey this, this happened you know we just we just had the no and literally within hours they got the yes uh, and God That's says I, I I know what I'm doing and I'm giving you these two children uh, and we were rejoicing but how long uh after that because you kind of went through the process and what what california would be lightning speed that you actually wound up adopting them um, how, how long did it take and and uh, how did that work yeah so from the day we brought them home from the hospital it was exactly one year yeah um the day that we wow. got to adopt them which was just I mean, that was God. <laughs> it wasn't the county trying to make it special for us. That was God right. just showing us how much he was, was you know, in the details expedited. and how much yeah. he cared about this situation. Yeah. And um, that's fast. It sounds like a long time, but that's fast um, to, you know, take away all the parental rights and, and clear everything before then. Um, actually, the county they came from does a once a year big adoption event. Yep. And that was that day. And they said, hey, you can get into this big adoption event where hundreds of kids are adopted. So our, our family got to come out and participate in that. And it's just a really cool thing to see yeah. all these kids of all ages being adopted by oh. you know, their permanent families. So that was really, really neat to yeah. see. It was it's a, a cool experience. And, didn't, uh... and how old are the twins now? Yeah, they're about three and a half now. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, they're beautiful. And they were... Um, they were in the NICU five weeks yeah. when we brought them home, but they were mm-hmm. premature. So they were there and had never been home with anybody. Just came home with us oh. straight from the hospital. Yep. So. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And didn't, didn't when you have the, uh, that celebration, that mass celebration, didn't the, the news or somebody came and interviewed you guys? <laughs> yeah, they did. They kind of saw the, they probably saw the cute little twins, yeah. the little boy and girl. So <laughs> talk to them. <laughs> yeah, we had a news team following us around the whole day, which I didn't even realize, you know, because we were parenting and we were being with our family. But, you know, some of our siblings said, you know, this news crew has been over here taping you guys this whole time. <laughs> like, what? And they, they did yeah, interview they did. us. They did a little story on us for the yeah. news that night. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, which is amazing. So, so they got to bear witness. That it was really cool. So, uh, yeah, they're rejoicing. Uh, you know, you've got a beautiful place in uh, California now with the, the, the boy and the girl, and they're sweet, sweet as pie. And uh, it's really fun to see them. I know Nancy's having a good time. Uh, your 
uh, Chris's uh, mom is out there actually uh, visiting with them as they went on a little trip and uh, yeah. she speaks uh, you know like a typical grandma you know like these are the best kids ever and <laughs> uh, yes. it's really spectacular so we you know we're just rejoicing with you of uh, you know faith uh, that God kept leading you and guiding you even even when there were doubts uh, you know God said that's okay I know stay with me you did um, and then he gave it to you based on the timing. And I know it's, it's your rejoicing over that and, uh, excited, very exciting to see. And, and we just rejoice with you. Thanks so much for, uh, sharing your story Absolutely. with us. Uh, and I don't know, Kathy, you have any other uh, thoughts about it? You know, cause you, I don't think you heard all the detail of that before Kathy. What are, what are your, no, I, you know, initially I got, I would be on living waters calls, leadership calls, and uh, occasionally Rick and Nancy were on. And so I'd get an update. And so I prayed for, we prayed for you guys yeah. many, many oh, times yeah. Thank you. Um, throughout the process, but it's so, you know, so neat just to hear the whole story put together in this place and to see, because I think you offer encouragement to people that are sitting in that painful place right now. Yep. Um, we call it the liminal space between what, what is right now and what is promised. And we're not there yet. Um, and yet you are an example of how God used that liminal space to grow and refine and complete and bring to completion promises that he had that are beautiful, best, none better. And, um, and just grace walking through that. And so thanks for sharing that so authentically. Yeah, yeah that's right. And how the, uh, uh, the building of faith, you know, is particularly, and we talk about, you know, the world's full of trouble and uh, disappointment. Mm -hmm. Um and even what you thought was going to happen, well, it didn't quite be that way. And uh, but you, I, I remember you, you know, coming back with abiding, uh, give us the faith to believe it. Uh, and of course, ultimately, God pro provided it, so we rejoice. And mm -hmm. uh, we'll be praying for your kids. Look forward to uh, hearing uh, yes. uh, more about your next uh, adventures that you're having, and uh, we're excited. Thank you so much for sharing your story, and it's really going to be very encouraging to people who. Uh, like Kathy said, they're in the middle of stuff that I wonder what happened and is it really going to happen? And you, you can be a testament yeah. for you guys. As, yeah, it, it, it will. <laughs> uh, so yeah. we, we uh, thanks, thanks so much for sharing. And Kathy, we will see you uh, tomorrow with uh, End Times uh, Friday. And uh, we're still working on, on that together. So we'll see you tomorrow. Sounds great. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks again for joining us, Jacqueline and Chris. Great to hear Thank you. Thank you for Thank having you so us. Much. It was yeah. wonderful. Yeah, we'll see you soon. Say hi to your mom for us. You will. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.